0: What's up, everybody? Episode 5 of J5 getting live Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. So we're going to dive right in. There's a lot going on right now. We're getting ready for the big game on Sunday. I'm going to give you my thoughts on that. But we're going to dive in right away to the NBA. So what's going on? You already know what's going on. We're not even going to talk about the Knicks today. They're they're an embarrassment. They've, they've fallen apart. They blew the big lead to the Lakers the other night. We're just we're just not even going to worry about that. They're not even trying to get better at the deadline. Leon Rose, I think, I think somebody said that he's asleep at Madison Square Garden at this point. Or maybe he's asleep at Penn Station. I really don't even know. We're going to talk about the nasty, the disgusting, the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I told you early on, of all the teams that I don't like, the Nets rank very high on my list. But I'm not a new-age Nets hater. I've been a hater since they were in New Jersey. That's right. A lot of you probably don't even realize they played in New Jersey. I haven't liked that team since a guy by the name of Keith Van Horn, Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, any of those guys were on the team. So the hate goes a long way back. And if you're a new age fan and you think I hate them because they have Kevin Durant, you're wrong. My feelings on the Nets span a lifetime. And at this point, I'm getting a little joy, I have to be honest. A lot of people were were all in on the James Harden trade. A few of my friends, you know who you are. Everybody said, oh, Harden, he's the missing piece. Oh, Harden, he's going to help them win a title. Oh, Harden, Harden this, Harden that. No, it was never meant to be. Harden has showed you throughout his career, he doesn't want to be Robin. He wants to be Batman. And for him, it was never going to work with him coming to Brooklyn, being the third guy, if you will, because he was always going to be the third guy. It was it was Durant, then it was Kyrie, and then it was going to be Harden. And for many people, they were going to say that Kyrie was number one. Because think about it. The whole reason Durant went to the Nets is because he wanted to play with Kyrie. Kyrie didn't want to come to the Knicks. Kyrie didn't want to go anywhere else. He wanted to go to Brooklyn. He was the one who was partying during the NBA Finals with with the Nets at the same club. He was the one, I mean, if you know Brooklyn, you know that Kyrie is really made for that style of living, if you will. So, it was never about Harden. When Harden was in Houston, it was about Harden. It wasn't about Harden when he was in Oklahoma City. They didn't, want to give him, they didn't want to give him the max. And maybe Sam Presti saw something that we didn't all. Or maybe he, maybe he saw something that, you know, he just knew. This is Harden. This is who he is. When things don't go his way, he cries and wants his way out. So that's what he's doing now. He's forcing his way to the, the one place that he's always wanted to go. We saw the Winton Horse Report today. He said for the last 10 days, he's let the Nets know, I want out. And I got to be honest, Steve Nash is going to look like a fool. He sat there, he told the New York media that Harden wasn't going anywhere. And now you're hearing, you're hearing it. You're hearing that, that Sean Marks, GM Kevin Durant, and the Sixers are trading names back and forth. Who's going to be in the deal? We know it's Harden and Simmons. We know that, that it's going to be, you know, a, a couple guys here, a couple guys there. The big questions for me, as I sit here are going to be, if Curry or Tyrese Maxey make their way in this deal. And you just heard a little while ago that Maxey wasn't going to make his way in the deal. The Sixers are shying off of that. And the Sixers have really kind of said to the nets, if you will, and I got to check Twitter here. Cause I got like a little notification. We'll see what that's about. Nothing good. Nothing, nothing good. Um, but, you know, we saw that the Nets or the Sixers are adverse to putting Curry in the deal, which makes sense. His father-in-law is Doc Rivers, so he's probably not going to ship him off. Um, and they're against Maxie. And if I'm the Nets, those are the two guys that I'm hanging on to because I said it to somebody today. Simmons is really the, the perfect piece for the Nets when you look at it. He plays defense, something that, that Kyrie and Durant don't do necessarily well. Durant is a better defender than Kyrie, but neither one of them is, I would say, superior defenders. So Simmons does that, and he's selfless with the ball. Now, you worry about him when, you know, they start Hacker Simmons, and you worry about him in the key spot, but the Nets are really the perfect team for him in that sense, because you you can't double Kyrie and double Durant like they're going to have to leave somebody one-on-one so Simmons is going to come down he's going to find the person who who's open and he's going to move along now the one name that you've heard in this deal that it would be a little alarming to me if I'm the Nets or a Nets fan I should say would be Patty Mills because Mills is the perfect guy for this team and when they signed him I told one of my buddies that I thought he was washed. I didn't think he really had anything left in the tank, and, and I was wrong. Um, he's come here. He's been he's been spot on on the three-point line. But for the Nets to move off of him, to me, is a bad idea. He's one of those guys that you need. He's won a championship before. He knows what it's like. And realistically, at this point, it, he's a guy on that team that you need. He could score, you know. He plays good defense. Like he's a solid role player for this team. So if I'm the Nets, I'm not looking to move him. But he's a name that you're starting to hear with Harden about going down to Philly. So it's all about what kind of return the Nets are going to get. And I'm enjoying it because I thought all along that this was a bad move for the Nets. They gave up Levert, which at the time it was it it was okay. Like you could live with that. But Jar- giving up Jared Allen, now those two are together again. All the picks, the pick swaps, the whole thing. They gave up a lot. So, at this point, for the Nets, they know Harden's going to leave this summer. So, they got to figure out how to get something for him at this point. And it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it didn't seem like Harden was going to just up and leave at this point. I, I thought that... They were going to be fine. I thought the issues would all be last year. I didn't think that they were going to have these issues this year. Um, so, I guess I'm confused about where Harden's anger has come from. But, or or his desire to be out, I should say, of Brooklyn. Because when you look at Harden, you think that he's... Um, like, the perfect Brooklyn guy, but it seems like these guys are just... They're obviously just not gelling. There's obviously more going on in Brooklyn than what meets the eye. And Harden's going to get his way. He's hes going to be out. Um, and... He basically is going to get his way. He's going to get to go down to Philly, which is going to bring up an interesting dynamic too when we get to the playoffs because the Harden Embiid pick and roll is going to be dangerous and fun to watch if we get it. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, And I really I also really wonder what happens with Harden if he doesn't get traded to Philly. Because you know the only place he wants to go is Philly. Like, you haven't heard his name anywhere else at this point. Um, you have heard that Daryl Morey is working the phones down in Philly to make other moves. And for me, they need to keep Maxi and they need to keep Simmons down in Philly. Or not Simmons, I'm sorry. Seth Curry. But... If they lose, I would say Curry is definitely the one who's more expendable, probably. If they move off of Curry, then the question becomes, like, what do they do in the buyout market? But for me, the questions in Brooklyn are going to be more. You know, if they get Simmons, does he play right away? Is he in shape? Then the other questions become, you know, how do Curry and Maxie fit in the rotation if they get them. If they get some other guys, you've heard Thibel mentioned, you've heard Andre Drummond mentioned, who he would be a great fit in Brooklyn. He he does exactly what they need. Um, you know, you get that, that big man vibe in Brooklyn if you get Drummond. Um, so I guess the East becomes increasingly more interesting with this trade two rivals 90 miles ish apart um and you know they they trade two of their better players to each other so it's going to be an interesting dynamic it'll be interesting to see what happens here over the next 24 hours or so give or take but it seems like we're heading towards a deal now where that leaves the East, as far as a favorite or whatever it might be, is going to be interesting. I still think that you have to show the Bucks, the, the champs, the respect. But the, the East is the deeper conference of the two for the first time in a while. Um, out West, it's really the Suns, the Warriors, and, and kind of everybody else. But the East is is deep. I mean, even though the Nets have been on a nine-game skid, I think they're like five out of the they're five out of the one seed right now. So there's time for them to make up ground if they could get Durant back here in another three or four weeks. So we're gonna see what this trade deadline brings. We're gonna see what the buyout market brings. I think you're heading towards some excitement here, as much as I hate to say it with the Nets, but I think personally. And I've thought this from the beginning. I thought Harden was the wrong move for the Nets. And I think getting rid of him is the right move for the Nets. There's only one ball. The more shots that Kyrie and Durant can take, the better the Nets are. So I think that you have an exciting time here moving forward. And I'm looking forward to it. As much as I hate to say that about the Nets. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here over the next 24 hours. If... Harden gets his way, makes his way down to Philly with Joel, and and we'll see. So, with that, we're going to move over into the football. So, I'll be right back. Alright guys, J5 back. So, I'm going to give you my thoughts now on the big game. I can't believe it. The NFL season always seems to, to fly by, if you will. And I can't believe we're at this point And that this, of all the games, is the matchup that we're getting. The Bengals and the Rams. In LA. Super Bowl 56. I think it's kind of crazy because halfway through the year... If you would have told me the Rams were going to make their run, the way they were playing, they they didn't really look great, I I would have been kind of surprised. But truth be told, I would have been, obviously, as would everybody else, have been more surprised about the Bengals. But here we are. And this is the great thing about the NFL. You You could go from being a team picking fifth overall to in the Super Bowl. And that's what we have. We have a team that traded away their their franchise quarterback in Jared Goff to the to the Detroit Lions for the playoff winless Matthew Stafford, which he is no more. And they got their Diva wide receiver, Odell. And they've made moves along the way to improve their team, improve their pass rush. And this game is, is very interesting because... As I'm sitting here on Wednesday. I can only see this game playing out one way. And that's the Rams. In a blowout. I don't see how the Bengals can hang in this game. But I didn't think they could hang in Kansas City. I thought they could hang with the Titans. I thought that there was a chance they would lose to the Raiders though. But. This team. Has something that you see every so often in a playoff team. They just seem to believe. And I gave you the... the... example of the 2011 Giants. And I still stand by that. But somebody else put out... gave another good example. I forget who it was. I want to say it was... I want to say it was Peter Schrager on NFL Network. He said that this team... Reminded him of the the Ravens, who beat the 49ers in that in that Super Bowl. Uh, I, I want to say it's like the 2012 Ravens. That's that's what it reminds. What I think, you know, that they were able to go on the road and win these playoff games that that nobody thought that they could win. You know, that team that they, they won. I want to say they won at home in the first round, and then they went on the road. They beat the Broncos, Peyton Manning. And then they went up to New England and they beat the Patriots on AFC Championship weekend. But I think it's different. Because that team, their weakness was Flacco at quarterback. This team, their best asset is the quarterback. The weakness is the offensive line. And that secondary. And I really don't see how Aaron Donald doesn't wreck the game. Or Von Miller, the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 50, doesn't wreck this game. Or how Odell doesn't go for seven catches and 100 yards. But this team, the Bengals team, has been counted out all year. And I'm going to sit here and count them out again. I don't see it. I I just don't see it. I want to believe that, that they're going to be able to do it because I can't, I can't sit here and see Odell win the ring. I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals. I am. But if you had to ask me what to do with your hard-earned money, I would say lay the four and a half with the Rams because they're the better team. This is what they're supposed to do. This is why they've gone all in. They don't have a first-round draft pick until 2024. They have done the opposite of what successful NFL franchises do. They throw money at their problems. They don't have draft picks. They they do the opposite of, of everything that a successful NFL franchise does. But somehow it works for them. The only thing that scares me in this game is Sean McVay. because he has a tendency to be tight in games like this. You've seen it against the 49ers. We saw it in the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick. His his offense was was in shambles that day, scoring only 3 points. And I just think that I just think that it's one of those things that it could be detrimental to him. It, it might be a lot of pressure. You know, they're trying to win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Something that never happened before until last year. The GOAT, Mr. Brady. But now we might have have it happen back to back. And I just think that there's a chance that McVeigh lets Joe Burrow hang around long enough he might be able to let some magic happen. And nobody should be surprised if the Bengals find a way to win this game because we know they're capable. But I just have a hard time believing that they're going to do it. I have a hard time believing that all the lights are going to be on and Odell's not going to have a big game or Cooper Cup is going to come up small somehow. I don't believe it. I think that Rams defense is just too good and I think there's a chance that you see one of these Super Bowls where the game's over and it's over early I think the only way that the Bengals can win is if they put up another one of those performances like we saw in the AFC championship where they just want it more and I don't see how that happens because Aaron Donald is not going to let these Rams not deliver he's going to make sure that they're ready Odell is going to make sure to have his moment that's the one thing we know about him. And I have a lot of bad things to say about him. But we know he's going to have his moment in this game. And it might come against former giant Eli Apple. Don't be surprised. We know he likes to come up small in these big spots. But for me, I just think that the Rams are just too much for this Bengals team. That, defensive line, that offensive line for the Bengals is going to have a hard day and if they can't you're gonna know early you're gonna know early what kind of game this is gonna be because if the Rams come out and get a couple three and outs and send Burrow to the sidelines a couple sacks a little disheveled it's gonna be a wrap but if somehow they let him hang around Joe Burrow might have his Joe Namath moment but for me I'm going to say Rams 31, Bengals 10. I think that Odell has a big game again. I think Stafford becomes the king of LA, if you will. And I think McVay shows us that he's the boy genius that many have crowned him. I don't really have too much more to say. Because it pains me to say that the Rams are going to win this game. But I just think it's their time. I think that the stars are aligned for them, if you will, with a Hollywood pun. And I, I just think it's simple. I, I think that defensive line is just going to be too much for the Bengals. And the weapons that they have on offense are going to be too much. Maybe Burrow proves me wrong. But for me, it's just it's just the Rams' time. Too much ends up. So thanks everybody for listening, like, follow, subscribe, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at J-O-H-N-M-U-R-A-C-H-A-N-I-A-N, J5.